0: Throughout the Bible, God uses many words to describe Himself. Of course, there is His name, Yahweh, the Lord. But in addition to that, there are many word pictures that indicate something about God's character. God is a shepherd and father, indications of His love and tenderness. God is a rock and fortress, indications of His unchanging steadfastness and power. God is a consuming fire and light, indications of his trustworthiness and holiness. And there are many places in Scripture where various attributes are ascribed to God. He is holy, holy, holy. God is love. He is power. He is truth. In one of his most famous self-descriptions, we hear this in Exodus 34, Verses 5 and following. The Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. For many people, it's easy to grasp why all of those descriptions of God are good. It's good that He is infinitely holy. It is good that He is immeasurably merciful and gracious and patient. It is good that he is overflowing with steadfast love and faithfulness. It's good even that he is just and punishes the guilty. But there's another description of God that people sometimes get hung up on. You can hear it just a few verses later in Exodus 34, verse 14. You shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, anytime you hear God associate something with his name, he's describing his nature. In this case, when God tells Moses that his name is Jealous, he's telling Moses and us that jealousy is essential to his character. It is who he is. And this verse, by the way, is one of many biblical texts that describe God as being Jealous Jealous. From our perspective, that might strike us as odd. Mercy and love and faithfulness and patience and holiness and justice and power, all of those attributes make sense. It's easy to understand why a supremely good God would be characterized by those features. But what in the world do we make of God's jealousy? Oprah Winfrey has famously said, that it was this exact truth that effectively turned her away from Christianity. She was in her late 20s when she heard a Baptist pastor describe God as a jealous God, and she could not make sense of why God would be jealous of her. Of course, that's a total misunderstanding of what God means when He describes Himself as jealous. But it's a misunderstanding that I fear is far too common. Part of our problem is one of method. When we try to conceive of what God is like, we have this unfortunate tendency to start from our experience and then work our way up to God. We imagine that God is basically like us, just better. So when we hear God say that His name is jealous, we attribute human jealousy to Him. But we cannot start with our understanding of jealousy. We have to ask instead, what does God mean when He calls Himself jealous? Modern society tends to think of jealousy in an almost exclusively negative way. If someone is jealous, they are insecure at best. At worst, they are obsessive and maybe even abusive and controlling. It's no wonder that someone would hear God describe himself as jealous and turn away in disgust. But that is not at all what God means when he says, "...my name is jealous." Listen to how theologian Matthew Barrett describes God's divine jealousy. He says, Jealousy, as the Bible defines it, does not describe the raging, mad, jealous husband, the lunatic who is unjustifiably suspicious and beats his wife as a result. No, jealousy describes something more like the husband who so loves and cares for his wife and is so devoted to the commitment reflected in the promises they made on their wedding day that he seeks to earnestly draw his wife back to himself should she be flirting with adultery. No one would look at the second husband and think he is crazy for lovingly insisting on marital fidelity. That's a really helpful analogy, and it helps us make sense not only of what God means when he describes himself as jealous, but also of why it is good that God is jealous. Imagine, for example, if I said to my wife, I don't mind if you see other men. I'm perfectly fine with it. Would that be loving? Of course not. And she should be offended if I ever said such a thing. Because it would not indicate tolerance. It would indicate that I really don't love her as a husband should love his wife. It would indicate that I really did not take our marital vows that seriously. because. On our wedding day, we promised that, forsaking all others, we would cling only to one another. It is good and loving for me to want her to keep her promise, and vice versa. It is good that I want her to forsake all others and cling only to me. Now analogies can be helpful, but we need to be careful that we're not projecting our human experience onto God. It's crucial that we do not think of God's jealousy as a moral flaw, but as one of His many excellencies. His jealousy does not arise from any need within Himself. God is the only truly independent being in the universe. As Paul told the men of Athens in Acts 17, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. There are no needs within God that we can meet. We depend on Him for everything, while He depends on us for nothing. So however we conceive of God's divine, holy jealousy, we must not think of it as evidence of neediness in God. He is jealous not because He needs anything from us, but because we need everything from Him. And He knows that we will always be unfulfilled if we try to satisfy ourselves in anyone or anything but Him. God is the only source of salvation and life. He knows that when we look to anyone but Him, we are looking to broken pots that cannot hold water, instead of coming to the fountain of living waters. Listen to what God said through the prophet Isaiah. This is from Isaiah 45, verse 20 and following. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. There is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. God knows that when we look to anyone or anything but Him, we're putting our trust in gods that cannot save. He alone is righteous, He is the only Savior. There is no one else. So if people are to be saved, they must turn to Him. I hope you can see now how good it is that God is jealous. It would be neither loving nor righteous for God to sit back and twiddle His thumbs while we pursue dead ends that lead nowhere but to hell. It would be neither good nor just for God to be uncaring while we go on praying to gods that cannot save. As it turns out then, God's jealousy is one more example of His infinite goodness and excellence. It does not diminish His love, it magnifies it. God's jealousy is wisely intended to arrest our attention, to show us that He alone is a righteous God and a Savior. He will by no means clear the guilty, but those who come to Him, He will never cast out. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.